Good evening and welcome to Tuesday at the Table here at Destiny Church. Um, my name is Rick Collins. I'm here to teach tonight. Uh, unfortunately, last week because of my employer and my job, I was unable to be here. Um, it sounds like I'm making a lot of noise. Um, but I'm glad to have everybody here tonight and out there in the internet world. And I think we're live on Facebook tonight, but not live streaming. But if y'all catch this later, y'all can catch this teaching later. Watch it. It's good. Uh, it's kind of based on something our pastor says all the time. You cannot do life alone. And that you cannot do. That's making a lot of boom, 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 booms. But welcome. We're going to go ahead and start. That sounds great right there. Uh, we're going to start with prayer tonight, and then we're going to jump into our study. Don't be afraid. I like questions. I like hands going up. I like things being said. I know it's hard for those out there to do it, but guess what? I'll just repeat what you asked me. How about that? So let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you. First and foremost, just lifting you up. We give you praise. We give you the honor. We just right now lift you up and thank you for being able to come into your presence this evening. I just pray, Lord, that right now that you would speak through your word in a mighty way, that you would talk to each and every one of us independently through your Holy Spirit, Lord. Just guide us to what you would want understood and said. Please put me aside, Lord, and let your word and your uh, your spirit come forth in Jesus' name and everybody in here said amen amen now we're going to get started the this study was actually called our gift from Jesus but two weeks ago when I was first think, studying on this and thinking about this again I heard pastor up here on stage talking about small groups and talking about you know, and different things and talking about Wednesday nights, Tuesday nights, Monday nights, you can't do life alone. Then I go and I see on the announcement things, it says under smaller groups, it says do not do life alone. And I'm kind of like going, hmm. And then I'm studying this and I'm like, we were never intended to do life alone. And I'm not talking, tonight I'm not going to be talking about us in fellowship or us together as a body well, I'm going to talk about the body here in a little bit but I'm going to tell you how you as a Christian you are not doing life alone and our, our, our initial scripture is coming out of John 16 and 7 if you got your Bibles you can turn there it's um, right before Jesus decides to part this earth he's talking to his disciples and he tells them this Again, John 16 and 7, and it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, we're going to switch mics. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But
translation. The Holy Spirit, it's called the Holy Ghost. It's called uh, God's Spirit. It's different, but it is there. The Trinity was there in the beginning. We've got to understand that because we can read in John 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. And that's describing Jesus. And then it says, God formed the heavens and earth, right? So there's God. There's Jesus. And then it says, His Spirit hovered over the void, the just the nothing till he started to form the earth itself. So guess what? We have the Trinity all the way back to the beginning of Genesis. In the beginning was that. So many people think that the Holy Spirit is just for now, was, you know, acts driven. Jesus finally sent him down here. No. There's some differences in how the Holy Spirit was done, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about this gift, as I originally said. I, I named this thing our gift from Jesus because he did say, I have to go so I can send him because it wasn't going to get sent. Another thing, God's Spirit was released when what happened? When the veil was rent and the Spirit was released upon the earth. We're going to see some differences between the Old Testament and the New Testament tonight. We're just going to talk, and we're not going to get into all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about how he empowers us and how we do life as a Christian empowered with the Holy Spirit. Um, my background, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I, was, I am trained Pentecostal through the church of God. That's where my ministerial training and licensing and everything is. Um, I'm not going to talk about tongues tonight. I'm not going to talk about, I'm going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Yes, do I believe in tongues? Yes, it's the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Do There's things of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. There's different things, and I'm not going to get into it tonight. Let me just make it clear. You accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's one thing, and I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to step on a lot of toes out there. Sorry. I'm going to step, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ does not inhabit your heart. The Holy Spirit does. We invite God in, in G, through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Is, we are, a measure is poured out. We all have received the same measure of the Holy Spirit on each one of our lives. It's how we allow it to impart. Has he, we've been baptized. There's different places with the Holy Spirit we can talk about, but I'm going to talk about our walk as a Christian with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and how it would be totally, we couldn't do it without it. We could not do it, but let me, we're going to talk a little history of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, um, the Spirit of God, and like I said, from the beginning, the Spirit has been here. There's just a little, there's some differences on the Old Testament before Christ and how the Spirit was used and now with every believer in the New Testament. In the beginning, like I said, we need to look at very far into the Bible and find that the Holy Spirit in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and the earth was without form and void, and the darkness and upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. The Spirit, it didn't say God, 
It said the Spirit. Guess what? We're already seeing the Trinity there. And like I talked to, talked to you again about John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God and the Word was with God. So that means, and that's describing Jesus himself. So we got the Trinity already there. And so the Spirit is already hovering above the waters of the earth. The Spirit has been here since God, was here since God. And so was the Son, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. We today think the Holy Spirit, most, a lot of people think Pentecost or the day of Pentecost, Acts 2. Everybody thinks that's, but no. The Spirit of God was moving 4,000 years before Jesus took on flesh and is still moving 2,000 and something years after he has gone to heaven and ascended into heaven to be at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Ghost has always been upon this earth. The Spirit of God has always been upon this earth. In the Old Testament, there is 14 times the Spirit of God is used to describe as it being upon someone. 26 times as the Spirit of the Lord and three times the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was used in the Old Testament in a way that it was poured out on individuals when it needed to be used. God fill people and I'll give you some examples first Samuel 10 9 and 10 says and it was so that when he had turned his back to go to Samuel God gave him another heart and all the signs came to pass that day and when they came uh, to the hill behold the company of prophets met him and the spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied among them in the Old Testament, God poured out individually his spirit on people when there was a need. we got to understand about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was to give us power. Now, un I can get in trouble here. I am from the church. I am licensed through the church of God. But some people use this wrong. They think that power is to go around. The power is to go the power is to be used for God, not for yourself. The giftings are for God and not for self. The giftings are, you just don't, you use the gifts as God and the Spirit leads you. Too many people are out there trying to make it, a, and I'm going to get off this subject, but understand in the Old Testament, he only poured out individually. If the, if the time was needed and Brother Kevin, Pastor Kevin needed, he needed Kevin to prophesy for them. He would pour his spirit out on him. Kevin would prophesy, thus saith the Lord, and then that would be it. But today, it's different. Another example is in Micah 3, 8. It says, but truly I am full of power by the spirit of the Lord and of judgment and of might and declare that Jacob in his transgressions and Israel his sins. Again, God empowered this prophet to speak in his, on his behalf. It's done with Samuel. It's done in Isaiah. Where the most famous, one of the most famous uh, um, scriptures out of Isaiah, Isaiah 61 and 1. The spirit of God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach. Good tidings uh, to, uh, upon the uh, to the meek, and has sent me to bind the up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening of the prisons for them that are bound. That 
I don't know anywhere else, but when you get your ordination in the church of God, that is spoke over you. Because that, when you receive the call to either be a pastor or to preach or into the ministry like that, even though we're all called, and uh, understand that if you're a Christian, you're called into proclaiming Jesus Christ. But when those are called into a ministry such as pastor or Pastor Kevin, this will be this is spoke but understand this that same power that the holy spirit that we have as me as a teacher as pastor kevin has as a pastor as pastor dj has as a as brother bo has you have in you you have in you too many people do not want to believe that too many people just want to I don't know, shy away from it. I came out of, before I, I did not enter the church of God until I was 32. I grew up in a very prominent uh, denomination here in the South. Uh, the Holy Spirit would be mentioned, and that's about it. Uh, I don't want to get into name calling or anything like that, but understand this. You cannot deny the power of the Holy Spirit in your life in the walk as a Christian. Like I said, I'm not getting into the giftings. I'm not going to talk. I'm not talking about healings, prophecy, or any of that. I'm talking about what gets you that power that has you to be able to walk. That power that allows you to go up to somebody and put your arm around them and go, "I love you. I feel I need to talk to you." I don't mean just spit out scripture at some people. I mean just the power. And you're going to find out why I'm saying love. There's two keys to the Holy Spirit, and that's unity and love. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute. But I want us to look at Acts 19 and 2, because sometimes here in a lot of places, this is, you get the same thing. you got to understand... Um, in Acts 19 and 2, the Holy Spirit got mentioned. And the people went, huh? It says, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not as much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Now, I can tell you, a lot of pulpits and a lot of denominations will preach the Holy Spirit, but it's, it's word. It's not telling of what the Holy Spirit means to us as Christians as we walk. He is what empowers us every single day. He's that small, still voice that we need to be listening to. God speaks through his spirit to us. We don't have Moses minutes. We have Holy Spirit minutes and uh, Holy Spirit time. We got to understand and listen and listen for him to speak. I think somebody preached Sunday or talked Sunday. Didn't you mention something about the cave? Somebody mentioned about the cave, son. Who mentioned about the cave? About I think Miss Jazz did about hearing him. The same thing. Yeah, I knew it was Sunday, but I remember you talked about. You know, there was a storm, there was a fire, there was the wind, but then there was a small, still voice. So many people are waiting to hear the sledgehammer hit upside the head in, you know, Bugs Bunny fashion with the big dong and get the idea. 
And a lot of times what we need to do is shut our mouth and listen. Sometimes we just run off too much, doing too much and not listening. But the power comes from the Holy Spirit, and we need to let people, especially new Christians, know that there is a Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit dwells in you. It is a powerful thing. In Acts 1 and 8, to understand the power he gave us, it says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I want you to understand, this was some of Jesus' last words here on the earth. Some of his last words. He's telling you what he's going to give us and the power of the Holy Spirit. That power, if you read in the Greek translation, it is dutamus. In Greek, there's another thing that the key word is dutamus that we use in English. And it's a stick. It's about that long. And it's got this little fuse that runs out of it. And if you light it, it's going to go boom. And that's called dynamite. Dynamite, the key word for dynamite comes from dudamus also. It is explosive power. But I want you to notice, Jesus didn't say, I am going to send you out and you're going to be slaying people in the spirit. You're going to be, he said, you are going to be a witness. I'm going to give you the power to witness. When people don't have, how many people have I've known that have been called into ministry or teaching the only way they can do it is being empowered by the Lord and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not denying the other power of the Holy Spirit. Understand that. we got to start understanding the beginning of where he empowers us before we can ever expect the giftings and everything else to just start being poured out on us. we got to understand what is even within us, and that is Deuteronomy's power. Yes, it is the power to heal not heal. I, I kind of mentioned this to uh, uh, Miss Jasmine a few weeks ago. You read, the, you read the gifts. What is the only gift that's plural? It's healings. The gift of healings. It's not the gift of healing. Read, read it. It is plural. It is in the plural form. Because guess what? I can lay hands on you and in the Spirit of God can heal you. Do you know God gives power to the doctor? Where do you think they got there anyway? You can sit at home and anoint your own self and be healed. The healing still comes from God, but there's different ways in healings and administration of that healing. So many people just overpass that, but that's, that's just a little nugget in there. But that's the type, we, you will receive power. You will receive power and God will be giving you gifts. But understand, you got to understand the whole importance in first is to give you the power to walk the walk of a Christian every single day, especially in days and times just as this. You know, we talk about our days and times. You know, we got the Internet and everything's turning this way and that way. It's totally going against the Bible. Let's talk about Paul. He was under Nero, and he was, like it was mentioned a while back, he was watching, I mean, Nero felt he had joy in killing Christians. It was um, Friday night at the fights. 
Let's let the lions out and let's kill a few 20 or 30. Guess what? To be a Christian, can you tell me in yourself without the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to know how many out there and in here could truly just stand up and say, I could do it. I could do it. When you know your life is not just on the line, unlike, you know, we were talking military a few minutes ago, you know, we know we offer a fight and in return can receive a fight and we may die in the act of it. But the Christians then had a mark on their head and they had no fight. They could only be submit and say, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to deny my Lord. And they were beheaded uh, again, talking about, again, how the apostles all died. Other than John, it wasn't nice. You read through Fox's Book of Martyrs. It was not nice. And they did it with what I call a righteous indignance. In other words, their chest was bowed out, and they were like, for the cause of Christ. Uh-uh. If you didn't have the power of that Holy Spirit, I got the feeling I'm dropping it. If you didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit, there may be a few, but most people would walk and run. Holy Spirit is what gives us the power to walk our daily walk every day on the base, on the very start of it. He's the one that gives us the power when we don't feel like it to open this. He's the one that when we don't feel like praying, when we get all messed up with work, and then a small, still voice goes, why don't you talk to me? I told my wife earlier, like I said, I had a rotten day. I was, I've been ill since the time I got up till about 3.45. And I told her, I'm going to go lay down and take a nap. No, I didn't. I went in and pray. And I was like, Lord, and when I walked out, was I different? <laughs> totally. Why did I wait all day? Because I'm goofy. But God will get me through. He will get me through. And that's why it said, that very first scripture, it says, you know what? If I don't send him, you know, it will behoove you. It's basically a gift I'm giving you. I got to go away so I can send him to you. Because that's how you're going to make it. Because Jesus walking this earth, if he just decided to stay, he could have stayed. He could have walked this earth. Guess what? He could affect the crowd. He affected 5,000. But what about over us over here in Alabama? Jesus, when the flesh was not omnipresent, like the Father is, and like the Spirit, Jesus was not omnipresent. Jesus was here. Yeah, he could leave, and he would all of a sudden be on the mountain and stuff. But no, he wasn't on the mountain and over here with this group and that group and this. No, he wasn't. He knew he had to leave. It had to go from the flesh to the spirit because guess what? Where's our battle? It's in the spirit. We do not wrestle with what? Flesh and blood. We wrestle with principalities and powers of the air spirit. It's a spiritual battle. That's why I said a few weeks ago when we were talking a lot of times you may have an enemy. You know, we were talking unrelenting prayer, and we were talking about the woman saying, I have an adversary. For us in that, in that was the devil, but sometimes the devil will use other people. They don't even know they're there to bug you. 
They're not, they don't even know that they're, they're just there and they're going to bug you and they're going to be the instrument. And guess what? It is a spiritual instrument through a fleshly body that's being used against you. No offense to anyone named Karen, but the devil's having a Karen time with people. I got friends named I know some people named Karen. I just don't know why they all of a sudden became Karen. But, I mean, and modern people, I mean, people will understand that. But, you know, it is spiritual. And so many times we'll get mad with the person. So many times we'll get mad with that person. But you need to understand that this power is what gets us through every day. This is the power that we walk with, walk in. Yes, there, there is the giftings, and we, and I'm going to kind of touch around that. But let's, you know, I told you about the Old Testament. Let's talk about the New Testament. In the New Testament, we find the Spirit of the Lord mentioned five times, the Spirit of God 12, the Holy Spirit 4, and the Holy Ghost 89 times. That's coming out of the New King James Version, okay? The big offsetting difference in the Holy Spirit, Ghost, and others is used is the Old Testament, again, was used on individuals. In the New Testament, it was he has been poured out on all flesh. In other words, let's read Acts 2.17. 2.17. This is the first Holy Ghost-filled uh, sermon ever preached. This is Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered. Not one time is, you know, people were speaking in tongues, but Peter never once spoke. He didn't speak in tongues in this. Peter spoke clear and simple and was empowered. Peter, the same one, just a few, 40, 40, 30 days before this, had denied Jesus Three times. And this is the first man in power. If you say you have, you can't because you've done too much. If you're blood bought and saved, you can. Because this man in the face of Jesus. I don't know how many of y'all have watched The Passion. But one of the most poignant parts of that movie that completely tore me up was the third time Peter denies Jesus is in this building just getting beat and at that time Peter denies he looks and at that time Jesus looks at him I'm sorry this is Rick talking I know I'm not Peter but I would have found the closest mountain to run off of but God had a plan for Peter we know that and he's a first man, Holy Spirit filled. Even though everyone in that upper room was filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter was filled and he preached. And this is what he said. He used an Old Testament scripture. It said, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall dream dreams. But understand this. It's on each and every one of us it's poured out, individually in the Old Testament. Now, God, because we need him, we need that power. We don't need to deny him. We don't need to say, 
you need to understand that the Holy Spirit lives within you. The Holy Spirit is your fuel. Yes, you pray, but the Holy Spirit is what gets us going and gives us the power to walk the walk that we do. I can tell you, the very first thing I went into in ministry was children's ministry. My wife had been a children's Sunday school teacher for years, begged me to come help her. I said, no. Nope, ain't going to do it. I'm going to sit in that sound booth. I'm happy. I don't need that. Don't need these kids. I don't need them at all. I accept the calling. I accept the calling in the ministry, and I start in the very first place. God pricks my heart is at my church needed a children's pastor. The, the pastor's wife was doing it, and I talked with her, and I said, and she was like, yes. And it, let me tell you how much this is of God. My pastor at the time asked me and my wife to go to lunch after church. She gets in the car with the pastor's wife, and they go towards Zaxby's that used to be, not Zaxby's, it was, yeah, it was Zaxby's, the old one on the bypass that used to be on the bypass, and I get in the van with the pastor. And we're about halfway there, and I look at him, I said, I need to ask you, I need to tell you something. Lord's kind of instilled on my heart, I need to ask you if, to take the position as children's pastor. He almost slammed on brakes. He looks at me. We're at the stop sign of Vaughn Road, at the stoplight of Vaughn Road, fixing a, and, uh, the bypass. And he looks at me and said, Do you know why we're taking y'all out to lunch today? He said, We were fixing to ask you and Sister Vanessa to take over children's ministry. Rick would not have done this. Rick would not have done that ministry not one day. But when God empowered me and laid on my heart to do it, I did it. Now, in that, did anywhere, did I jump around speaking in tongues? Now, I'm not denying. Please do not think I'd, because I, I, I was filled with the Spirit a couple Sundays ago, and it's been the first time in almost three and a half years. I can tell you that. Filled to the point of like baptism filled. I'm not saying having him in my life, but you're only baptized once, but you get feelings. I'm not going to get into, but understand the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to empower us in our ministry individually, each and every one of us. How many people in here Oh, I can't speak. I can't speak to anybody. You may not, but the Holy Spirit can through you. Many times I've heard, and I'm sorry, I cannot think of your name. Who? Judah? In the last several months, you talk about, I never would do stuff like this. I would never, and God laying stuff on your heart, and you getting on stage and speaking. Six months ago, would you? No. Would you, if I just told you right now in your flesh to come over and take over this study, would you? If the Holy Spirit told you, guess what's your empowerment? 
it's the empowerment, and that's what gives us that power. Yeah, you can. I mean, I could get up here and ramble. I could get up here and just, I could start talking about the weather and how it's raining outside and what is it, Irma going up the coast and Jesus is with us, hallelujah, amen, and let's, let's go break bread and bless it. I mean, but the empowerment comes through him and speaking through us and giving us the power to, one, get up here and to be able to speak. You know, Moses had that issue. He said, which I kind of find Moses, unfortunately, my opinion, it was a crock about him and his speech impediment because he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. He had the best education the world knew, and he had a speech problem. He was basically in the lineage of the Pharaoh, even though he was a child found floating down the river, and then all of a sudden he gives an excuse to God <laughs> again. But what does he do? He sends Aaron along. Okay, you don't want to speak. I'm going to have Aaron speak for you. Here. <laughs> God, God won't play games with that. Same thing with you. You don't tell him something you can't do because with his spirit, you can do all things through Christ who what? Strengthens you. Amen? But we need to realize that we can't do life alone without him. You can read scripture all day long. You can try to pray all day long, but if you don't have that spirit empowering you, you're going to get beat down. I had a rough time for three and a half years. Am I saying I didn't have the Holy Spirit? No, I pushed him back. I pushed him way back. And when he did try to speak, I wasn't hearing it. I had turned my hearing, spiritual hearing aids off, and it wasn't happening. Did I have an issue with God? No. I just had an issue. I had an issue with depression. I had an issue with life. It wasn't an issue with God. Because I know, I knew what all he's done for me and done for each and every one of us. But I pushed the spirit back. Did he take him from me? No. Because I'll tell you, that flame, it took one act of obedience and that flame starts getting turned up. And your empowerment, even though it's the same flame, he's going to turn it up. The gifts, we're going to move on. I, I'm kind of rambling right there. So we need to understand that we all have the Holy Spirit. Just, not just the pastor, not just the apostle, not just the evangelist. We all have the Holy Spirit. Now, he empowers to be preachers teachers, evangelists, many things. He gives giftings, and the gifts of the Spirit are actually our weapons of warfare. They are our weapons of warfare. The only weapon in the armor of God is what? The sword of the Spirit. So if the sword of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, is that sword is a weapon, his giftings are for our spiritual warfare. If we have these gifts functioning within us, they become what we need to destroy the works and the power of the devil. I'm not going to get into all the gifts. I've, I've, I've done studies on it, and I'm not talking about me. I've taught studies on it, and it takes weeks. You can't just 
But the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not, are not designed just to make you different from other people. They are given to equip you for God's service. Understand that. They are, notice I said for service. So many times people ask for the gifts, and a lot of times they'll just, Lord, I want to have the gift of, to prophesy, or I want to have the gift of interpretation, or I want the gift of discernment. Well, they, let's say discernment, and, you dis, and God gives you the, the gives you discernment. I'm not gonna get it. And He drops something in your spirit, and you don't say a word. You have the gift of prophecy, and or the gift of knowledge. And you don't say a word. I did it in my beginning of my walk. I can tell you that. I'm truthful up here. Understand. I'm not going to act like I hover three foot above the ground because I got some piece of paper. I, I consider myself more like Paul when Paul says, I was the chief of these. I was the worst of these in summer in talking about sinners. Guess what? I'm not perfect. I'm no better than no one else. I just have a certain calling on my life that I tried to deny for three and a half years. And I'm letting God now get me back in line. But every one of us need to understand that the Holy Spirit is for us. It's not, and we do have times where we do mess up. And that's why I'm trying to, I say so many times, I did that. I want you to learn that I'm not perfect. And guess what? God will straighten you up like a good father will. And I don't mean just take me to the spiritual woodshed because sometimes I'll tell you, my dad used to be speak to me. And sometimes I wish he'd just beat me. My mama too. Because how it would make me feel. And God will speak to you in su through his spirit in such a loving way. And you'll be like, why did I ever act like that? I mean, you will feel. But then he will be right there with his arms around you. And he'll lift you up and just strengthen you. He don't have to take you to the spiritual woodshed every single time. Too many people caught up in old religion still thinking we're going to be whooped and everything else. No, God will, can love you into submission. Now, will God get your attention sometimes? Yes. He's, he has gotten mine. But understand that what I'm trying to say is you got to be truthful. And I've talked about this in some, one of the very first times I talked. Pastor DJ was here. I'm going to say the same thing about that pastor right there. He is a pastor in this church. He's an associate pastor. He is the he is oh he is the head over our youth. He has been given that by God, and that's his ministry. But y'all and everyone in here do not elevate that man onto a pedestal he cannot stand on. And do not judge him from that pedestal. Because you're standing on your own and you need to jump off of it. That is a called man of God that can get his feelings hurt just as fast as you can because he didn't shake your hand or didn't say hello to you on Sunday morning. 
That is a called man of God that can go home and feel like he failed because someone has gotten mad at him. You ain't failed God, and that's who you need to worry about. You love your youth. You love everybody in this church. But the rest of it, you do what you have to do. And y'all love on that man just like you love on Pastor DJ. Y'all think ministry, no, it's not easy. And then to have other stuff heaped on him. But you know why he can still do it today? By the power of the Holy Spirit that helps him walk every single day. Amen. If you desire the gifts of the Spirit to function in your life, you must be ready to say, God, I am ready for my weapon for the battlefield. And I am ready to go to the front lines. You got to be ready. And you just can't use it. I'll tell you, in the Navy, they didn't issue us sidearms or anything else like that. We didn't need them. I just launched aircraft off the front end, let them do the job. And the only thing I needed, even if you were a master at arms in the Navy on the ship, you didn't carry a sidearm. You carried a stick. And the only people carried a, uh, a, a weapon on our ship was Marines. And that was guarding special weapons. Neither confirm nor deny the presence of. And Marines weren't fun to deal with, and they were the only ones that carried this weapon. But each and every one of us, you know, those Marines, they cleaned those weapons. They kept those weapons ready, and they were ready to use them at a, a drop of a hat. If they would have issued me a sidearm, a forty-five, I would have probably had it in my locker. It would have sat up in there. I wouldn't be carrying it, and I wouldn't have used it. God's, if you're prepared to start carrying the spiritual weapon that God is going to gift you with, be prepared to get in the fight. Marines are a different breed. They're prepared to fight from the time they go to sleep to the very first line they line up in and the second line. Then the, the Marines can get in the line faster than anybody. I don't know. But they're ready to fight the whole time they're in line. We have to be the same way. We have to be ready to use our weapon. But understand, that is the gift of something that already indwells in us, which empowers us to even want to go and fight. And that's the Holy Spirit. Now, that's just a little basis of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, I didn't get into a bunch. I didn't get into a bunch of the Acts 2. We could have went into it and went all crazy talking about the day of Pentecost and all that. But I want us to understand why. And the who that is within us. And there's two foundations of the Holy Spirit working within us. And the first one is unity. Unity is the first foundation. Just look at the upper room. Everyone was what? In one accord. God will not pour out his gifts on a body or a church that is not unified in their belief and their goals for the kingdom, plain and simple. Now, am I not saying the God won't pour out on the pastor? No, but I'm talking about an old-fashioned, let's just, this place gets rocked. We start having the sound of Russian wind. We start, people start speaking. I mean, we have a Holy Ghost time in here. I mean, when the church catches that on fire, there's a key to that, and that is unity 
Pastor Kevin and Pastor DJ and Brother Bo cannot bring that in here. Everybody has to jump on board the, that and when there is unity. Now, understand, they didn't just have instant unity and God poured his spirit out, did he? They were in the upper room for several days. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 and 2, we're going to read. This is actually going to touch on some of the gifts, but there's a key down here at the bottom. It says, now these are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different of administration, but the same Lord. There is diversity of operation, but it's the same God which works all in us. That's, you know, that right there says how he speaks and works through me is going to be administered and done in a different way that Pastor Kevin and the same thing. But it's the same God and the same spirit working it within each and every one of us. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. In other words, every one of us, the body. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, the same Spirit, the other faith and the same Spirit, and the other gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the workings of miracles and other prophecy, and another discerning of spirits, and to another diverse tongues, and another interpretation of tongues. Now, that just went through all the gifts. I really was, I told you if I was going to mention them, I was going to run through them. We're not going to get into them. But all these worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severely as he will. For as the body is one, has many members, and all the members that the body being many, and our body and also is of Christ. In other words, it's, you know, we talk about, I might be the pinky, Kevin may be the thumb, Tommy may be the wrist, but guess what? None of that's going to work right if it ain't all working together. So we got to be in unity with one another or else I'm not going to be able, if I, if the fingers weren't, I'd be just doing this, trying to pick my phone up. Okay, if the wrist didn't want to work and the fingers and my wrist just stayed back like that, I, I mean, it's not going to work. But as the body, as God wants to do, and as God reveals to our pastor and to the apostle over this church and to Pastor Kevin, as they reveal the direction of this church and we all get on board, guess what's going to happen? We're going to see things that we did not no, that is the issue today. We need to all be unified. Now, am I saying that there's disunity in the house? No, I haven't seen it. I haven't gotten deep enough uh, into the, you know, with the church. I mean, but I haven't seen disunity. But we got to get in a like-mindedness when it comes to you know, you may believe, okay, I have the Holy Spirit, and I understand he empowers me. But if we want to see miracle signs and wonders in the house, we have to be unified. We have to be unified. Am I saying it won't happen? No, it can still happen. It happened with my wife several weeks ago. She was having speech problems, and we had a good move in this house, and her speech cleared up. It happens. Did someone come lay your hands on her? No. God moved on her. 
But guess what? Am I? We got to understand. You want this place to explode? We call it revival fire. You can call it all sorts of things. You want? Let's be unified. Let pass what pastor proclaims as what God has spoke into him. Every one of us should say yes and amen. And amen means in agreement. Amen. It's not a period. We've talked about that. Amen is not an exclamation point. Amen is not an emoji smiley face. Amen is so be it. In other words, you're in agreement. You're saying what has been said, amen. I believe it. And that's how it should be. And when we get that unified as a body, oh, my, go oh my goodness. What can happen? Just look what just look at the Acts 2 church. Look at the Acts church and what happened. Everything that it didn't die away with the apostles, folks, as some people like to teach. Because we are still empowered by the same. He did not turn his his power down because all the apostles left. We are still dealing with the same power. We must be unified. And we will see as a body miracles. And things happen. Yes, ma'am. Right. Yes. And that's we that should be one of the key things in coming into unity is one you've put yourself under this leadership. Something that was taught me in the church of God, in ministerial training in the church of God. If you ever get up let's say I would get up under I come on to staff here. I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying I come on the staff here. If there's things that DJ does that I do not agree with, it's my responsibility either to get in line and start agreeing or say, Pastor DJ, unfortunately, I can't be on staff and I need to leave. I don't need that because it causes decisiveness. You need to be in unity. One, he's the head shepherd of this house. And he, he, but that's a, you don't cause decisiveness. Now, if there's a wrong, and I'm not saying, yes, it, things need to be done and things need to be, but if it's just because I don't agree with words on the wall, <laughs> I want a hymnal book. When y'all going to get a hymnal book? You know, no, I need to, yeah. No, that's, that's wrong. That's backbiting. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't pray your will onto him. You pray God's will. That's the key. You know, you mentioned, you said you didn't. 
you felt like certain things weren't, it wasn't meat and blah, blah, blah. In other words, no. Yeah, you needed more meat. Well, the whole thing is what you do is not go, well, don't pray his. You don't go, Lord, I need you to start telling Pastor GJ to start getting in the word deeper because I need more meat. No, you say, God, you reveal to him and Lord reveal to me. You know, God, you speak through him so I will feed. You know, and then. <laughs> that's another thing. So many times. <laughs> so many times. And this is a saying I used to use. You know, you move from milk to meat. You go from babe to you growing. Again, I'm going to. I'm just I'm just taking up for you tonight. Understand that man and Pastor DJ and any other pastor that comes in here and preaches or whatever, they're not holding the fork and feeding you. They've made your plate by presenting you the word. It takes you to pick it up and digest it. When you're a babe in Christ, yes, you got to feed them. You got to give them that milk. But as they start to grow, you give them the sippy cup. And then as they move into the, you know, that strained carrots and peas, you give them that, that little dinky spoon. And, you know, they get all messy. You get, they, new Christians get messy with the word. And, you know, that's why you put this bib on them. And then you move them. And then eventually they're going to have to learn how to cut their own meat and digest it. They, Pastor DJ and Pastor Kevin and Brother Bo, and whenever anybody else comes in here and delivers you a steak of God's word, it's you that's going to have to cut it up and digest it. Not, he don't feed you. You're not a babe anymore. That's another one of my things. But understand, yes, the Lord, if we're unified and we speak like that, the Lord will start and we speak for our pastor, and we pray for our pastor. If every one of us, every single person that called destiny home took time to pray every single day, I'm just, I'm going to call everyone out. If you're watching, and if you're in here, or you know, I'm going to call. You take five minutes every day and pray for pastor and pastor Kevin and the staff here. Don't pray your will. Pray God's will and pray for blessing on them. Do you know what would probably have uh, unity? Yeah. Unity. It would start. He just, I'll, he just dropped. We want to start unity here. Let's start by all praying for the step pastor and his staff in this house. Take you out of it. Start praying. Let me tell you what I used to teach my kids about prayer. Prayer. Pray. I mean, um, uh, praise him. Ask. Hold on. P R A. Ask for others and then yourself. Take the Lord's Prayer, and that's how it does. You praise him first, you repent. And that's what the R is. You ask for others first, way before you, and then why yourself. 
When you get done with the first three, what happens at the last one? Seems kind of small. And the others, pray for pastor and the staff here. As a church, let's get unified and let's do that. That's one of the things with the Holy Spirit. And the second one is love. Love is the second foundation. Love is the key to all God has for us today. Love is the key to all the gifts. Love is the key. Not getting righteously indignant and beating your chest and saying, Lord, I need to, I need, no, love. Because in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 and 3, it says, If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong and clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove mountains, but not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I have gained nothing. Love. Love. What's the greatest commandment? The love. Huh? Other, I loved you. And then what did I tell you the other week about right after that? What's that key right after that it says? And all the other law hinges on this. In other words, he was saying, you can take all them Ten Commandments and line them up right behind love and loving others and loving me. You read through down through the Ten Commandments and see how you could do break one of them without if you love, truly love. Yeah, I can see where you're where you're going with that because, and also you got to think these two are proportional to each other. In other words, they as unity and love. Because how can you have unity if there's not love? I mean, me and Sister Vanessa have only been coming to this church a little over a year, and it was broke up by COVID. But I love everybody in this house because how y'all have loved on us. I love everybody in here. But I'll tell you, if you can't have that love, you'll never be unified either. And if you don't have unity, you can't love. So both of them work together. And that's why it's so key with the Holy Spirit. It's mentioned both these times. You have to have unity. They were in one accord in that upper room. You have to be unified in the body. Or else you can't have the wrist doing... On one thing and the elbow doing another and the hip doing another and you have to love each other you have to love if you don't have that you have nothing Paul said it 
I can do all this stuff. I can speak in tongues. I can interpret. I can have prophecy. I can have all this stuff. But if I don't love, and I don't love the ones I'm giving this for, or I don't love the ones that are around me, and I don't have love in my heart for the ones I preach to, teach to, or serve with or serve for, because some of us, Many of y'all have other jobs within the church and still service within the church. If you don't do it with love, it is nothing. But if you do it with love and with the power of the Holy Spirit, that's what makes you greet people at the front door when you may not want to greet them at the front door. That's what makes you help people in here when they need a hand walking in here. My wife was in that boot for several weeks. We hit that front door. Somebody was grabbing one of those little ottoman things out there, and they were running it in here. And the only reason is because you love us as brothers and sisters in Christ. And guess what? That affected me. That affected my wife. And guess what? That makes us unified with you. And when that unifies us with you, and every time you open the door and you got that smile on your face and you come shake my hand, every time you come running up to me and you call me everything but Rick, (laughs) but I know I still love you and you love me. (laughs) But the whole time, I know it's because you love me and I love y'all. That man's smiling all the time. I don't know how, I, I, I try to smile. He smiles more and you just see it and you see love just love pours off of you and you see that love of a father with you and your daughter even eddie james noticed that okay when he saw that that gripped and understood because one you're passing down and that's a love a true love of a father toward a child imagine how much god wants to hold your hand and walk with you and love you it's hard to fathom as a father. I got a daughter. She's 28, and I would love to be able to walk with her like that, but she'd look at me now like, get away from me, old man. She'd been like that since she turned 12. But the whole thing, that love you feel, is the same love that we need to have for each other and that God has for us, and through that, that would empower us with the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit is empowering each and every one of us and we're all in unity with love and we're all in unity with our pastor and our staff and with this church, he will pour out in a major way upon Destiny Church. And then we will start seeing those gifts I started talking about. They're manifesting in small little pockets here and there and have for several weeks, especially during praise and worship. When unity comes truthfully, and I'm not saying where there is division, but I'm talking about everybody's just, this place is going to rock, and I guarantee you, pastor won't even be able to preach. I've seen it in services. I've seen things happen. I've seen... I've seen God move, and the first time it ever happened as me preaching, I was scared because I was in a very fundamental, older church, Church of God Church, and our altar and praise and worship and everything lasted about two hours, and then it was time for me to get up and preach, and I just dropped the microphone, and I said, there's nothing left for me to say, and I was like, oh gosh, I'm going to get in trouble these elders are going to not like this. And they got big smiles on their face. They realize, you want to see, I want to see 
I'm not saying I don't like hearing Pastor DJ. I want to see the Holy Ghost come in here and wreck a service to where it shakes everyone in the room. And how are we going to get that? Unity and love. And can you imagine if we all get on board with that and we go and we start thirsting and hunger? There's those in here that thirst and hunger for that right now. I can tell you. I can tell you that. There's, I see it on people. They thirst and hunger for that to happen in here. But can you imagine if the whole body starts thirsting and hungering? This place will be a beacon on the tri-county area of nothing but the Holy Spirit. one with it I'm sorry and we decide to be in unity with each other and we believe in that belief we're all in that in service us visitors probably won't get in line real quick or they're going to leave because he will pour out and when he pours out it is like rivers it is like a flood
that's God's speaking through you, and that's that is His Spirit is speaking through you and showing you this what you need. And each and every one of us are going to receive gifts. I'm not saying we don't look for the gifts. Don't this this night was not about let's deny the gifts till. No, what I want us to understand is much more than the gifts. Unfortunately, in the Pentecostal belief system, over the years, gifts have come, become more important. And I'm not saying it's that way now, but there was a time when it was more about the giftings and the speaking in tongues and all of that than anything else. No, what we need to understand is, is about the power of the Holy Spirit and him and how he wants to be poured out and how he wants to work and how he wants to speak to each and every one of us. Yeah. Right. I mean, when, and understand your gifts will change. They can. They can change. For season and for timing, how God needs it. But what I want us to understand is first and foremost, as Pastor DJ says, you can't do life alone, can you? As a Christian, you can't. You have to have and understand that 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 works within us and empowers us is the Holy Spirit. And again, as I called it in the beginning, as I originally called it, it is our gift from Jesus. He, ha he said, I have to go so I can send him to you. Pray that the Holy Spirit speaks through you, speaks to you. You can, you can pray and ask for him to manifest even more in you, to empower you more, make you go speak to that person that you didn't want to speak to or write a letter to that person you didn't think you'd ever be able to write to or forgive the person you said you would never forgive or love the person you never said you could love let's love and let's be unified and understand what we have that lives within us amen any other questions comments No questions or comments. I probably rambled way. No. Yes. <laughs>